Thank you, band. I might get Sarah to stay on the keys this morning, if that's all right. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, here we are. It's Pentecost Sunday, and uh, we're going to make some some room in the meeting here today. We're going to make some room for the Holy Spirit to move, because it's a significant day. It's a day that has been celebrated all around the nations in many denominations, which is truly wonderful. This day of Pentecost, it really was the day where the church was born. It's the day where the church started because before that day that we read about in Acts 2, and we'll look at that in a moment, there was some people and they were uh, they were obviously moved by what they had seen and by uh, the death, but the uh, ascension of Jesus Christ. But it was on that day of Pentecost where the church was born because they were told by Jesus to just, just wait a little while there's going to be something that comes. It'll be the Holy Spirit that will come and it'll be what you need for the days ahead. So really today is uh, it's the birthday of the church, which is a good day. Who loves birthdays? I certainly do. And uh, it is the birthday of the church, which is outstanding. And, uh, you know, it, was, uh, it really was a, a great day from a, a historical point of view when the church was started, but also... You know, it was a spiritual perspective because the church needs the Holy Spirit. This church needs the Holy Spirit for Him to guide us, for Him to lead us, for Him to show us, you know, the way to show us where we plant extension services, to show us where we go and put care services, to show us where we put our attention to. We need the Holy Spirit and He guides and He leads us. So Pentecost, you know, was a word that started off Pentecosta Emira, which really meant 50 days. It was a it was a it was a holiday that was 50 days after Passover, and it was a celebration. And uh, but obviously on this particular Pentecost, everything changed. Everything changed, and it wasn't just a changing for that generation. It was a changing for the entire future of the world for every Christian, every believer. The, the significance of this day, this day of Pentecost, is very, very significant. And it's significant for us going forward in this life. And as those people were there, they were waiting and they were waiting. And the Holy Spirit did come and the Holy Spirit was poured out. And it made such a difference for their life. It's what they really, really needed. And in Acts 2, and uh, Pastor Mick mentioned a bit of it from before. We read verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all there with one accord in one place. I love unity. I love that we're here together. We're here together with lots of different backgrounds, lots of different denominations that we may have come out of, whatever it is. But we're here in one accord. We're here together to serve and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And they were there. And it says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. I love that no one was left out. I don't know how everyone was in that moment. I don't know if they were all feeling that great about life. Some of them might have been struggling on that very day. They might have been struggling in the, the days leading up to that. There wasn't a lot of days between uh, Jesus going to heaven and this day. But 
Who knows what they were really feeling, feeling, but I just love that not one of them missed out. And they were all filled. Everyone says all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And in the following verses, there's saying there were some people watching on and they were like, what's happening here? What's happening here? Down in verse 12. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I'm on my way to becoming an old man one day. I'm glad that they're included in there. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Yeah, that's worth giving the Lord a round of applause. great moving of the Holy Spirit and those gathered that day they needed it they needed that moment they needed that empowering from the Holy Spirit to go and do what they were called to do they needed to step into that they needed that to occur John 14 15 to 17 we're going to get through some scriptures today is that all right says if you love me obey my commandments this is Jesus speaking and I'll ask the father And he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later he will be in you. Who wants the Holy Spirit in us today? We need the Holy Spirit in us today. And I just love that He is here for us. Because in our own strengths and our own abilities, we are limited. But there is power. There is power when the Holy Spirit comes on us. There is power for us to live the most effective, efficient, wonderful life, to be an overcomer and a conqueror. But it's not in our own strengths. It's not in even our own knowledge. It's in the power when we are clothed with that power that comes from on high. And it is in that place where we don't need to live a weak life. It is in that place where we can be effective. It is in that place where we can do all that God wants us to do in this life. It's when we receive the power when it falls on us. And maybe you're here today and you once received some of this power, but you feel like it's all fallen off you. I just love that today we're going to have a moment before we end the service where we can all get clothed again. We can either be clothed for the first time or we can get clothed again. Maybe that thing has dropped off you today. It's going to come back on you. They were all filled. Didn't matter what state they were in. Today we can all be filled. We can get the touch from heaven that we need. And this is when, you know, the church started. This is where these people... These people that gathered, these 120 gathered and they received the power and it set them up. It set them up really 
Today, we are continuing the same story that started in Acts 2. We continue here today. From Acts 2 to current day, we are the same team. We are we are telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ. We are spreading the good news to the far corners of the world. It continues. The All Blacks might be a pretty fine team at the moment, but I think the finest team that has ever gathered is the people who are on the team of Jesus Christ, who proclaim Jesus Christ over their house, who proclaim Jesus Christ over their church. We are on that team and we continue. The story continues. The word is still getting out there. And I love that. I love that. Luke 24, you know, wait, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in this city until you've been clothed with power from on high. The chapter before Acts 2, I think comes Acts 1, if I've done my maths right. And it says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard me say, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel. And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Silverwater, I'm sorry, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. We are to be his witnesses. We are to be his witnesses, whether you live in Silverwater, whether you're from Dundas, whether you're from Oatlands, whether you're from Oatlands, whether you're, wherever you are in this city, we are to be his witnesses. And I love that as we focus on this today on Pentecost, being filled, that it has great meaning. It gives great context to the Christian life because it's about that. It's about not just us in here, but it's about us going out there. It's about us being out there in our workplaces, in our families, in our streets, in our shopping centers, in our petrol stations, and that we are spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we're not just happy and content to just live our own lives, but we want to see others find out about this good news, because it is good news. It is great news, and people need to know this great news. And we're going to be clothed today afresh today and we're going to go out as a church and we're going to see Sydney one for Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? I love it. I love it. I love it. That we have what we need, but they had to wait for it, didn't they? I, uh, as many of you may know, I like to surf. And one of the great things that can happen when you surf is with the day you get a brand new surfboard. It's a good day. Now, there's a few different ways to buy a surfboard. I, today, after our service, I could get in the car and I could drive down to the beaches and I could go to a surf shop and I could walk into the surf shop, find a board on the rack, pull it off, pay my money and I could have a new surfboard today. That's okay, but boards like that, are, they're not necessarily made for me. But the best way to buy a surfboard is to get in contact with a surfboard shaper, a surfboard maker, and, uh, you know, and have some contact where you give them or they see you and they know how tall you are. They know what you might weigh. They know what level of surfer you are. You tell them, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 
good at this, I'm not good at that, or I've been surfing for this on. They get a bit of an idea about what uh, what, what uh, level of surfing you are. They see you. you. You talk about what kind of waves you want this board for. You might be the only board you have in your quiver, or you might have another board for little waves, and you've got a board for big waves, and these are your middle size waves, whatever it is. And the, it's really good when you pass on that information to a shaper because he can then shape a board exactly what's going to work for you. And can I tell you, shaping a surfboard, you might just think, just looks pretty, you know, simple to me. It's so complicated. I could spend all day telling you about the ins and outs of a surfboard. But they get this, this bit of foam. Now, it doesn't come as a block. It comes looking like a surfboard, but they start shaping it down. They get so into the details, it's unbelievable. The concave under the board, the style of edges it'll have, the kind of tail it would have, how wide it is, how long it is. The, it just goes on and on and on. I'm not gonna bore you with the details, but it's a long and complicated process. But once that shaper gets that board and they plane it away and they sand the sides and they get it to where they're happy with, it then goes to someone who uh, then goes and glasses the board. For that, they go and get some fiberglass and they get resin. And a professional, a, per, a different person most times will go and, and put the fiberglass down and then get the resin and put that on the board. Once they're happy with that, they then go and give it a light sand and they get it till it just looks amazing. Now, if you get a phone call straight after your board being shaped and then glassed and you go and pick it up, do you know what they'll say to you? By the way, you've got to wait. You can't go and surf this straight away because that resin takes quite a long time to fully 100% get to its optimum hardening position. If you go into your car right then, you drive down to the ocean, the chances are every time you put your foot on that board, you put a ding in it. There's a high probability you'll crease the board, like buckle it. You may even go and snap the board after paying what could be $600, $700, $800. You could snap it right there and then to get the optimum performance out of that board for your future, you have to wait to a cures. And we read in the Word of God that these followers of Jesus, they had to wait. They had to wait for the Holy Spirit. Because I would probably think if they went out and tried to do what God had called them to do without that empowering, there's probably every chance they would have got beaten up. They would have got bruised up. They would have found themselves in situations that they just could not get through because they needed the Holy Spirit. Church, we need the Holy Spirit. We need it for tomorrow. We need it for our future. We've got to make sure we're clothed in it. They were clothed in it. They waited for it. We didn't have to really wait. I'm not saying, oh, Holy Spirit, he might show up um, in about six weeks. We're going to, he's here today to touch us. He's here today to fill us up. So let's make sure that today we're putting ourselves in a place where we just receive, that we receive, because we're going to need it. We're going to need it. Acts 4.31 says this. And when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. You see, they were filled in Acts 2. But in Acts 4, they're getting filled again. And for some of us, it's like, I've been filled before. Let's just get filled again. I tell you what, I need to be filled all the time. I cannot get near doing what God has for me to do in my life unless I'm consistently getting filled with the Holy Spirit all the time. I need it. I need it. 
Mick prayed a beautiful prayer over Natalie and I this morning that we would have this wisdom from heaven and, you know, be able to make good choices. And we need that. But where do I go for that? I, I pray for an anointing. I pray for the Holy Spirit to fall on us, to guide us and lead us because I know how important that is. And we're meant to in this life live, but we need the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we could study all day about how many great things come about when you do live with that in your life, how you're empowered, that there's supernatural power, how you, it binds us together as the body of Christ, as it says in 1 Corinthians. Romans 8, we've recently studied that, how it helps us to pray, how it helps us, you know, there's interceding with, with God the Father when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit guides us, helps us to live like Jesus, Galatians 5. There's so many scriptures that help us to remind us of how important it is to live empowered with the Holy Spirit. So maybe today is a good day just to assess how you're doing. Are you trying to do life a little bit on your own without this empowering? Maybe you're not fully open to what the Holy Spirit has and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Maybe some people have said some things to you that sit on your mind about, oh, the Holy Spirit was just for those days and it, it, it's not for today. The Holy Spirit's for today. Jesus loved the world, the whole world. He died, not just for the generation after he left the earth. It's for generation after generation after generation. They need to be filled so they could do and have, you know, the power and have the boldness to proclaim the goodness of Jesus. We still need it today. We still need it today. So maybe there's something someone said and it's not truth and it sits on your mind and it's a blockage. Maybe today that thing can be lifted. So make sure we're open to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. How the fruit of the Spirit's in your life. Are you in a place where they're growing in your lives? So here today, maybe it can be the day you can step into this. You can step into this. Because we have great authority when we carry the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke 10, 19, I've given you all authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. The Holy Spirit is here to take us, to touch us. Maybe you're here and you don't have the beautiful gift of praying in tongues. Today can be your day. And this, for some of you, might seem, oh, it seems a little bit strange, it's tough. And sometimes when there's things that are new, of course, experiences can, can seem new. And maybe someone's talked about, oh, that just was for the early church, not for today. Can I tell you how I received the gift of praying in tongues? Long before I sat in a beautiful church like this, I grew up in a church that I absolutely loved. It was more traditional church than here. And within the movement of this church, they used to run these camps. They were called chrysalis camps. And they were camps where uh, for like, I think, three days, groups of uh, separately, uh, you know, teenagers and young adult uh, men would get together and girls would do a separate camp. And it was just a, it's like a three-day camp to really zone in on God and really get touched by God. And every time they'd run one of these camps, there'd be someone who would organize a prayer vigil. They wanted to make sure from the very second the camp started to three days later when the camp ended that there was some people praying for every single minute. So they came up with a prayer vigil. It was in one-hour blocks. And I can remember seeing this prayer vigil in the uh, foyer of my church and I was thinking, oh, I, I definitely, I'm, I'll commit an hour of prayer to this. What a great thing to pray over. So I remember being with a friend, his name's Greg. I said, 
let's get together, the two of us. It's probably going to be a bit easier to pray with two of us. I might fall asleep on my own. And uh, so we put our name down. I remember it was like a, it was an afternoon session. I can't remember. It was either a Friday or a Saturday afternoon. I said, let's do it. Just come and meet, meet at my house. So a few weeks passed when the camp was on and uh, it was time to pray. And I'm waiting at my house and my friend Greg was late. But I thought, I'm committed to pray for this hour. If we're not praying, nobody may be praying. And uh, they've got this thing to cover all the areas. So I went into my bedroom on this day. I was maybe about 17 years old from a traditional church background. And I just sat in my room and I just started praying for this camp. Just asking for God to move. For God to touch the lives of these young men. That they would have a powerful encounter. Their lives would be touched and there I am in my bedroom at 83 Park Street, Mona Vale, and all of a sudden, the words that were coming out in English started to come out in another language. As I, as I, I, I would start to pray, and I just, oh, it's, it's different. That's a, it's, it's not English. And as I, I started to go and keep going, my, my English words started turning into another language. And I just kind of let my, my mouth just continue to roll and my English went into it. something else. And all of a sudden, as a young man who loved the Lord, who wanted to, to be used by Him in whatever capacity, whether it was on a prayer vigil, serving in the light, whatever it was. And there I was in my bedroom and I received the beautiful gift of praying in tongues. And I cannot tell you what this has meant in my life since that day. I have had this thing that I'm able to go into in prayer. And I tell you, I use it a lot. I use it a lot because there are some things in my world, and we would all have these, where we don't always know what's needed in prayer, in our English, out of our mind. But as we pray in tongues and we let our spirit, it's like praying for my spirit, connecting with God. I know Pastor Mike Connell says sometimes uh, spiritual uh, battles need a spiritual breakthrough. And, and sometimes I just feel like that's the place for it. And I use this beautiful gift of praying in tongues all the time. I need it. it it's just a beautiful way to do life with God. I pray in English sometimes, of course, but there's so many times where I just need to call out to God and I'm praying in this tongue. As I said, 17 years old in my bedroom, just dedicating an hour to the Lord and the Holy Spirit falls in my bedroom and I receive the gift that's been with me ever since and it has helped me immensely. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And it's like as I pray in tongues, it's like this fountain bubbling up within me. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him, however, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He, speaks, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Jude 1, 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. It's just such a beautiful gift and here today I'm believing after the end of the service we're going to open the altar there's going to be some of you who come forward for a, a refreshing but some of you that don't have this gift can I encourage you to come come expectant come hungry 
Come believing that today can be your day to receive an outpouring from the Holy Spirit and receive this beautiful gift that will help you so much in life. It is such a wonderful thing to have in life. Really, Jesus was saying, hey, you've got to wait because you can't leave home without it. You can't leave home without the Holy Spirit. You can't leave home without it. That's pretty much what he was saying. You can't leave out home without it. Let's not leave home. Let's not leave church today without it, here today, to receive this power, which is supernatural ability. I was reading Acts this week, and um, obviously we've shared a lot around Acts 2, the outpouring. But what really stood out to me this week, apart from many great scriptures, was what happened in Acts 3. Because in Acts 3, straight after this outpouring, Peter and John are going up to the temple. And the scriptures say that as they got there, there was a lame man who had been lame since birth. And he was carried to the gate of the temple. It was called the Gate Beautiful. And this would have been his regular thing that this lame man did. He wasn't able to work. So what would he do? He would ask. He would ask for things. He would ask for donations. I'm sure he would have been happy to accept some food. I'm sure he would have been happy to accept a little bit of clothing. I'm sure he would have been happy to just get any donation that could have helped him to get through that day or that week. But in Acts 3, I love it because when the Holy Spirit had come upon the people, those 120, they were in a new day. And the Bible says that Peter, he said to the guy, he said, look, can I have your attention? Look at me in the eyes. I'm sure that lame man was starting to think, I've probably got some money coming. I've probably got some food coming. But what he says as he looks into those eyes is, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And the Bible says that Peter stretched out his hand and Peter lifted the man. And the Bible says that strength came into his feet. Strength came into his ankles. And that man was no longer lame. The man that had been lame since birth on that very day started to walk. He started to celebrate that he was lame no more. You see, Acts 2 had to happen so Acts 3 could occur. And can I say today we need to make sure we're full of the Holy Spirit for our tomorrow. I don't know what I'm facing tomorrow. None of us do, but I can assure you that the best place to put ourselves today is to be filled of the Holy Spirit. Our today, we need this because we're entering into a new tomorrow. Can we give the Lord a round of applause for what He's about to do in this place? It is our key because we need to be witnesses. We need to go out and declare God's goodness. So I'm going to get the band to come right now. Pentecost Sunday, the day we remember the mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I just know that here today, that there is going to be our own silver water outpouring. Our own silver water outpouring. Because God's heart has not changed from Acts 2 to today. His heart is still the same. He sees people out there and they are lost and they are far from Him. And He needs a church who are committed 
He needs a church who are dedicated to spreading the good news around the earth today. And that is still us today, but we can't do it without the empowering. We can't do it with the Holy Spirit. We need to make sure that we are clothed with power from on high so we can have boldness that we wouldn't have in our natural ability, that we could have a supernatural boldness that only comes when you are clothed. And as I said, this doesn't have to be for people only in a certain place with the Lord who already had their three hours of quiet time this morning. This is for all of us. We all today can come, if you would come to Him with a hungry heart, if you would want to receive your infilling, if you would want to receive the Holy Spirit upon your life today, in a moment we're going to have a chance to reach out for that. But just before I do that, the whole reason the church is existing is for people to find out about Jesus. The reason it started in Acts 2, the reason that the doors were open in silver water on this very day was that people far from God would have a place where they could come and find God. And if you're here this morning in our service and you find yourself in one of those places that you just know you're, you're far from God, maybe you're here today and you've never said a prayer that invites Jesus into your life to say yes Jesus, you were true. Yes, Jesus, you did walk this earth. You went all the way to a cross to die for my sins. If you've never publicly acknowledged that here today in just a moment, I would love to give you an opportunity to say, yes, Hartley, I need to say that prayer because I'll ask you in a moment to raise your hand. You can say, yes, Hartley, that's me. I need to say that prayer. If you're here today, you've once said a prayer like that, maybe multiple times, but you know in your heart of hearts, between you and God, that you are quite far from Him, that you know right now that you're not walking closely with Him. Maybe not even your partner, your husband or your wife or family members know where you really are, but God does. And if that distance is far between you and God, I would love to also include you in this same prayer because in this moment, salvation can come afresh to you today. You can find yourselves walking closely with Him. So in a moment, I'll ask you to raise your hand. Or maybe you're here today in the third category. You've never said a prayer like this before. Sorry, you've said it before, but you're just unsure. You're just like, oh, I'm really unsure, Hartley. If, if I was to take my last breath here today, would I actually be invited into heaven? If you're not sure of that, I'd also love you to raise your hand because we can just make sure that today you can have assurance in your heart of salvation. So right now, can we just all bow our heads, close our eyes, just to help take away distractions. If you're here today and you'd like to say a prayer with me just in a moment, you want to say this prayer for the first time because you're far from God and you've never received Jesus into your life. If you've said it before, but you know, if you're honest with yourself, you feel far from God and you'd like to feel close today, I'll get you to raise your hand. Or maybe you're in a third category, you're unsure of your salvation, you're unsure of where you were to spend eternity, if life was to end shortly, I'd love you to raise your hand. So right now, across this auditorium, everyone who would like to say this prayer, could you boldly, boldly raise your hand, say, yes, Hartley, that is me. I need to say this prayer with you this morning. I need to receive salvation here today. I need to have Jesus in my life. I need to have him as number one. I'm far from him and I want to make sure of my salvation here today. Who is there? 
Who is there here today that's saying, yes, Hartley, that is me. I want my salvation here today. I want to have Jesus number one in my life. I want to make him Lord of my life. I'll give this another moment because this can be hard sometimes. Your heart's beating. Your hands might even be sweaty. You've got thoughts in your mind saying, I kind of should, but then you've got other thoughts saying, no, I can't. Yes, you can. If you'd like to say this prayer here this morning, raise your hand right now. All you need to do is raise that hand. I'll see it and you can put it down. Can we all look this way? It looks like we're all sure of our eternity, which is brilliant. Can we stand to our feet? We've got some time now. I've ended my sermon early. There were still notes, but that is good because I think I've talked enough. And now I want to give some room, some room for the Holy Spirit to move on this Pentecost Sunday. So what we're going to